Good morning. How y'all doing today? Welcome back to the Tribal Brand Podcast. I am you, Winton, also known as Batman. I hope you are all well. I'm doing pretty good. Started my new position last Monday. Went pretty well. The first week is always slow, though, you know. Following a guy here. Hey, do me a favor, man. Will you do this? Yeah, I'll do that. Hey, I need another favor, man. Okay. Reading print after print. Elevation after elevation. All that good stuff. But I think it's going to be a good fit. It's an extremely small company, which makes a lot of sense for me. I'm getting back in on the ground floor with this guy. He's saying he wants to rebuild his team. And I'm like, right on, let's build this team. This cat comes over here from Vietnam back in the... Somewhere around 2007. And in 2009, when the construction industry was in the shithole, he buys up a whole bunch of property up in the Capitol Hill area. He told me he basically got it for free. That's amazing. So this cat takes $12 million and turns it into $80 million in like 10 years. Wow. That's amazing. Now that is the American dream. At its finest, baby. Apparently it comes from a family of developers over in Vietnam, so they got money. If you come over here with $12 million... I would refer to that as a boatload of money. So, anyway, seems like it's going to be a good fit. Smaller company, uh, nice guy. He just wants to rebuild his company. Apparently, he gave it up to other contractors to run for him. And I guess he lost a bunch of money, and he's not down with that. See, the whole thing is you want to make money, not lose money. So, I'm going to be doing multifamily. It's amazing they take... A 7,000 square foot lot and put six dwellings on there. Well, actually, it's like a threeplex and then three single units in the back, but that's just like jamming them in there. The logistics are going to be a bitch, man. But anyway, here I go. Wish me luck. I'm going to be the best construction manager you ever did see. I want to give a shout out to one of my old dear friends that passed away a couple of weeks ago from throat cancer. And Dan was one of those guys who was a definition of a redneck, but he was a framing savant. Any of you construction workers out there who have ever been a framer, you know that there can be some issues, but this cat could figure out anything when it came to wood framing he was amazing i learned a lot from him only 52 years old and the last time i saw him was like back in 2014 he and uh he was probably five foot ten 180 pounds and i saw him about a month and a half ago he probably weighed 100 pounds that cancer ate him to the bone i didn't even recognize him my old boss says, hey, Lou, look who I found. And he turns around, and I did not recognize him for a few seconds. It took me probably ten seconds to realize who I was talking to. See, Dan, he was a heavy smoker and a heavy drinker. And I have to believe that that may 
have had something to do with his throat cancer. But that guy was something. He was a hell of a fisherman, hunter, and a wood framer. I went fishing with him one time. We didn't catch any fish, but we were walking through the woods, and he goes, hey, look at this. And he, we looked down, and there's a whole bunch of these mushrooms. And they weren't the silly kind. They were the eating kind. You cook with them. So I took some home, and I cooked them just how he told me to. Oh, my goodness. They were delicious. Absolutely delicious. Anyway, Dan, my good friend. Rest in peace, my brother. I hope your journey is well. So I've noticed lately again on the Twitter that these American Indian people, especially the women, refer to the whites as settlers. Now that's fine and dandy if you're talking about the settlers of the 1800s or the 1700s. But you can't refer to the whites that are living now as settlers. Here's the definition of a settler. I'm going to look it up. A person who moves with a group of others to live in a new country or area. So you cannot refer to the whites of today as settlers. When you do that, it makes you look kind of stupid. Like you don't know what you're talking about. And it might make other Indians look stupid. So don't do that. They're not settlers. Okay? You do not want to look uneducated now, do you? So... Be careful how you use that word when you use that in everything you say, everything you tweet about. The Twitter isn't just about talking bad about the whites, okay? My old friend, he's a dear friend. I'm going to name him Jeff because that's his name. I was talking to him just yesterday. We were talking about work. He's a hell of a construction guy. Giving me some pointers and tips on how I can deal with some of this multifamily stuff because he's been a true friend of mine. He's been listening to the Tribal Brand Podcast, and he said that I sound like I'm a racist. Uh-oh, we don't want that. I'm not a racist. In fact, I told him, I said, dude, some of my best friends are white, so how can I be racist? No, I'm not racist. I'm just a little upset sometimes when I read some of the history of what happened to the American Indian people. So, he knows I'm not a racist. But he also said something that really got to me his daughter who I've known since she was like four is in training to become an EMT and they're over there and get a call to the reservation in South Dakota the Lakota Sioux Reservation and as we all know this time of year it's a little bit nippy over there well when they got to the reservation they found two children in the snow while their mother was inside extremely intoxicated and drunk. Now these babies were like two and three years old and they surely would have died if it hadn't been for the EMTs who arrived and my buddy's daughter happened to find them in a snowdrift. Thank the Creator for that. But what I also found was really touching about that is my buddy's kids, he was a really good father. He raised them well and he was always there for them. She asked him if he would adopt them two children just as if it would just happen, just like that. That was kind of heartwarming for me to know that there's still people out there who really do care about other people. Like I said before, life on the reservation ain't for everybody. I can't do it. If I lived on the reservation, I would still be drinking because that's all there was for me to do. 
That's all I really cared to do on the reservation. But that's just me. See, alcoholism isn't something that you choose. When you're drinking, when I'm drinking, when I'm in that drinking, I don't have that off switch that a lot of other people do. People who don't drink, they don't get it. They don't understand. Wow, he's just a drunken Indian. No. When you start drinking, it flips the switch on, and that's it. It changes the whole chemistry. It changes the whole thinking, the whole mindset. And it's sad. Like I've said before, you don't want Patman drinking because you can't trust him. Once I start drinking, it's hide your keys and put away your women. Because I'm very, 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 very untrustworthy, as it were. See, my family, it was normal to wake up at 5 in the morning and just start drinking again. That's what I saw. That's what they did. So that's what we do. Full-blown alcoholic by the time I'm 14 years old. Blackout, drinking, drunk. And it's, uh, it's sad. There are times when I'm looking at a commercial, I see a beer commercial, I'm like, damn, that looks good. Damn, I'm thirsty. But as long as I don't pick that up, as long as I don't take that first drink, I'm safe. I'm safe for the day, and so are you. But I can understand and I can empathize with the fellow alcoholic who is stuck in that rut, who is hopeless, who cannot seem to figure out how to quit. I've been there before. And to be honest with you, there have been times in my life when I was perfectly happy staying drunk. But it's the consequences that I have to deal with. It's the consequences I couldn't handle anymore. Just the hangovers alone. Oh my God. Used to be I could drink 24 beers, wake up, boom, go to work. Nowadays, if I started drinking, I could drink six beers and be extremely hungover and sick. Sick, sick, sick. And that's not for me. I don't want to do that anymore. Anyway, enough of that stuff. My heart goes out to those who are still drinking and still driving and are hopeless and have no answers. I pray for all my fellow drunken Indians out there. Be safe. You all remember Sachin Littlefeather? She was the American Indian that Marlon Brando used to reject his Best Actor Award in 1973 for The Godfather. He wanted everyone to know that the American Indians were going through some shit back then. So Marlon sent her up there to bring attention to the way the American Indians were being portrayed by the movies back then. You remember that movie, um, Navajo Joe, with uh, Burt Reynolds trying to dress and act like a real Indian, and also bring attention to the standoff at Wounded Knee. Well, she gets up there and she wants to give her 15-page speech, but of course they're not going to ever allow that. They did allow her to give like a 60-second speech, which was good. And they told her, though, if you go over, we will have you arrested. Anyway, I wanted to mention her because I recently found out that she has cancer. Our hearts go out to her as well. So back to Wounded Knee. Back in February 1973, there were about 200 Oglala Lakota and the followers of the American Indian Movement, AIM, seized and occupied the town of Wounded Knee, South Dakota. Now, the reason they did this is because the chairman who had been elected was a dirty bird. He was a bad apple. He was no good. He was corrupt. They wanted him to be impeached. 
and I'm going to give you his name. His name was Richard Wilson. And also they wanted to protest the treaties because they were not fulfilled, so they wanted to renegotiate. And of course the government wasn't going to allow that. Come on, really? This is 1973, man. You already signed the treaties 100 years ago. They don't matter now. It does not matter. You signed them. It's done. It's over. So this protest went on for 71 days while the United States Marshal Service, FBI agents, and other law enforcement agencies cordoned off the area. Okay, we're going to go ahead. We're going to let you guys have your protest. And sooner or later, they're going to break up and they'll be done. They'll get tired. They'll go home. They'll go back to their reservations where they belong. But you see, the interesting part of this whole thing is where they decided to do this protest. They had it right on the site of the Wounded Knee Massacre from 1890. So this went on for days and days. And uh, a couple people were killed. A couple agents were killed. But this guy was re-elected in 74. And during his time of office, there were at least 60 people who were brutally killed or disappeared. Now keep in mind, he was an American Indian. He was a tribal member. He was one of us. So corruption does come in many colors. It's not just white. It's white, black, red, yellow, brown. Corruption is about money and power. Look at our federal government right now. Look who's in charge of our federal government. Who's the boss? Yeah, you already know that. I don't need to mention any names, but we know who it is. And so it goes. Mr. Wilson is dead. Dead, dead, dead. Only 55 years old when he died. Anybody who takes advantage of their people for money and corruption and power is better off dead, in my mind. Better off dead, in my opinion. I mean, who's going to allow this guy to take advantage of his own people, his own people who had been massacred and killed for centuries, and then take advantage of that himself? I don't know why the American Indian movement did not take him out when they had the opportunity. I mean, right now you have Leonard Peltier sitting in federal prison for supposedly killing two federal agents in that whole thing there, that whole standoff thing. They should have turned the rifle back on this Wilson cat and got rid of him. He should have died. It's pretty sickening when you think about it. See, I'm not here just to pick on the whites. Oh, no, no, no. I'm here to pick on whoever pisses me off. There's a lot of things that piss me off out there, and this is one of them. Shame on you, Wilson. Shame on you. And shame on anybody who stood behind you, and shame on whoever defended you, and shame on whoever protected you. Should have hanged all you rat bastards, just like they did those 38 Indians in Minnesota on December 26th in 1862. Now, I know you guys heard about this one. Our dear President Abraham Lincoln allowed the state of Minnesota, or it might have been a territory back then, to allow them to hang 38 Indians right in the middle of town to make an example of them. See, they were part of a group of 300 Indians who went on a little bit of a warpath, tried to, you know, shake up the system a little bit, because they were tired of being lied to. They were tired of being starved. They were tired of not being paid 
for what they were supposed to be getting paid for. See, that's what the whites would do, is they would get the Indians so dependent on them that they would have to depend on getting food rations or money or whatever it was that they needed. So after a while, they said, fuck this, man. We're going to go on a war path. We're going to start showing some of our true fucking spirits, man. We're going to raise some cane. So they did. A lot of people died. Settlers were killed. And the whites went ahead and arrested something like 303 of them. They took them all into court. They convicted all of them for murder and what have you and sentenced them all to death. But our wonderful Mr. President Lincoln went ahead and commuted those death sentences to all but 38 of them. We have to make an example. We have to set an example. So we're going to go ahead and hang 38 of them right in the middle of town where all the whites can gather and all the children can gather and say, look, we took care of them savages. We hung them savages. They're no good. The only good Indian is a dead Indian. You see, kids, that's what they get. And that was what was so amazing about this whole thing was they let the children stand out there and watch these men hang and cheer and celebrate the death of these Indians. Wow, shame on them too. I mean, why couldn't Lincoln commute the sentence of all of them and just allow them to go back to the reservation, feed them, give them a hot meal, but don't give them any blankets, and just let it be, let that be that. Say the Indians got us on that one. Let them win something. Let them have some victory in something. I mean, how many victories did they really have over 500 years? Not very many. It's been proven and written that Lincoln didn't like the Indians very much. Lincoln did not like the Indian people very much. They were savages. He was too busy trying to free the slaves when he could have been trying to free everybody. Knucklehead. Well, it is what it is. He did free the slaves. Some people say Lincoln was the best president we ever had. Meh. I don't agree with that. I would say he was a decent president, but, uh, you know, times like those, Indians were still oppressed. Indians were still dying. Indians were still starving. Indians were still hanging in the streets, man. So he could have stopped that from happening, but he didn't. So I don't think he was that great of a president at all. So I'm getting near the end of my ninth podcast, people. I've made it past eight. This is the ninth one. So, I have surpassed 80% of those quitters out there who give up. I'm not going to give it up, man. I'm not going to quit. I'm not a quitter. You're going to hear me again next week, and the following week, and the week after that. And I'm going to continually get better and better and better. I'm going to keep improving each and every goddamn week. And one day I will have followers from around the world. You see, right now I have listeners in California, Alaska, Oklahoma, New Jersey, and of course Washington State. Had a couple in Canada. So in another couple years, hopefully I'll have like a couple thousand listeners a week. Now wouldn't that be awesome? If I could have a couple thousand people listen to me, Patman, every week, that would be fucking incredible. But you guys need to help me. You need to spread it out there. You need to spread the word. See, people tell me they listen, but I can see if they listen. And they don't be listening like they say they be listening. 
So if I ask you if you've been listening, and you say yes, and I see you haven't been listening, then I know you're not being truthful. You need to be honest with me. If you're not down with the show, if you're not digging it, it's okay, it's cool. Just don't tell me that you have. Because I put on my big boy pants a long time ago. I have thick skin, man. I'll get my followers from all over the world, baby. I'm going to be worldwide one day. Anyhow, it's been fun. You all have yourself a great week. This is the Tribal Brand Podcast. I am you, Winton. Peace.